Welcome to the third Yorkshire Inside Podcast. I'm Lori Darnell here with Michelle Young from Yorkshire's admin team with our guest and very engaging and charming pre-K teacher, Sarah Alsop. The topic of today's podcast is Pondering Pre-K, episode number three. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Lori. Thanks for venturing into the podcast world with us. So let's just get right into it. Please tell us where you're from and how you came to Houston. I'm pretty sure you're not from Texas. That's very true. I'm originally from a county in England called Yorkshire, um, very aptly fitting for this place, and then mm-hmm. later moved to London, in where I met my husband. And then in February 2018, he got a transfer from his London office over to Houston, and he works in oil and gas. Um, and then I eventually, <laughs> I eventually came to volunteer at Yorkshire, and very luckily found a job here after a month of volunteering. Well, lucky for us, actually. So what's your actual education and what made you decide to become a teacher? I have a geography undergraduate degree from the University of Birmingham in the UK. And after a few years, then decided to do a postgraduate certificate in primary education. Um, And that was really after quite some time of deliberating whether or not I wanted to get into teaching due to the fact that my whole family are teachers. I spent my entire life growing up volunteering in their schools um, and really felt like I should do something different. So after I tried that something different, I decided that actually I couldn't deny that I wanted to be a teacher anymore because I love children so much. Um, I've always been really curious about the profession and I've never been happier in it. Um, and the fact that children are so full of energy and life and curiosity means every day is different and challenging and very rewarding at the same time. Was your family so happy when you decided that? Uh, I think my mum was extremely happy and uh, my dad may have cast a slight shadow of doubt over it at the start, <laughs> maybe due to their own uh, experiences of teaching, but I've never found it anything but the best decision that I've made. So, yeah. So why a pre-K teacher? Um, I decided to focus on this age because um, I just find that children are so eager to learn, they're so endlessly curious, always asking different questions, um, always fully engaged like sponges that can absorb so much information. Um, I like the fact that at this age that the learning is really play focused, that you can make really fun and meaningful um, and purposeful learning opportunities for them. and they're just always so creative and imaginative and you can just have real fun with them and they're so carefree and willing and mm. able. Mm-hmm. So do you have a core philosophy you've held in your teaching career? Yes, I, um, I do believe that learning should be fun and purposeful and that children should be encouraged to explore and imagine through all the activities that we have both in the classroom and outside. Um, I want them to feel like they're part of something, that we're like a little team, a solid unit, that it's a really warm and friendly place to be, um, that they belong in the classroom, that they can work together. Um, And equally, I want to make sure that all children are valued and all their talents are celebrated um, and that they're nurtured to achieve their full potential. Also, I recognize that every child is different and I want to get to know them as individuals Um, so that I can follow their interests and really move them on. Um, And then I'm also always keen to develop my own skills as a teacher to find new ways of teaching and delivering lessons that will be really engaging. 
So pre-K academics, what does that actually entail? Um, in pre-K, we really love to prioritise the social and emotional skills. So we want children who are confident to express their feelings, who have high self-esteem, friendships and kind manners. So that is priority number one. Um, we also want to give them, well, equip them with the independence that they need to tackle new challenges so that they're never overfaced by any academic challenges that they come across, but that they just have a real can-do attitude. Um, with the academics, we teach language arts, math and science. Um, and within that, I can talk to you more about the reading in a little while, but we follow lots of elements of the British curriculum that I've experienced before alongside the Frog Street Press curriculum that's the American curriculum that the school follows um, and so we've kind of tried to make it a partnership between the two curriculums um, so in math we focus on numbers from 0 to 20 and we focus on reading, ordering, ordering and counting numbers and um, in Language arts, we follow a phonics programme, which is Jolly Phonics and Letters and Sounds, where the children can learn a new sound each week and they begin to read and spell. So how do you handle the differentiation within your classroom? I fully recognise that from the moment they walk in, they're all at different abilities and different levels in their readiness to learn. Um, we always start off any new concept with a whole class teaching session where for example we might focus on our sound of the week which this week is the sound t or the letter t um, and in that session we'll practice the core skills that we all need to learn so the blending and this uh, the, so the reading and the spelling which is the segmenting but then we would also after that follow up with small groups of two or three or four children or even one-to-one -one to make sure that what I'm actually teaching them is relevant to them and will help to move them on. Um, and also we're lucky that we have lots of time that we refer to as workstations. So in that time I can pull children one-to-one -one who might need a little bit of extra work or a little bit more of a challenge. Um, and I spend a lot of time really thinking about what I'm planning for individual children to make sure that it, it really is beneficial and um, meaningful for them. What's it like witnessing children putting their first sounds together when they're just learning to read? Uh, well, so at the moment we already have children who are already at that level and then we've got lots of children who are just experiencing their first um, sounds in our phonics lesson and so it's really interesting at different points of the year just to see the progress that each of those children make. Um, what we do is we start off just flashcarding the sounds in the order of letters and sounds that we follow and that's really great because the order of those sounds is in an order that enables children to blend words so the first three letters are S, A and T. So my class have already discovered that they can write the words sat and at and they found that quite a light bulb moment. Um, we also, um, it's also great to see just how much um, some children are already coming in reading um, and then how much I can encourage them to think about their intonation and their fluency of reading and really support them to progress in that way. Uh, we also 
teach every child to read sight words um, and they're always personalised to that child and um, yeah, it's just very rewarding to see them reading. Ooh, one of the other things that we also do is um, we sing the Jolly Phonics songs. So for example, um, when we learnt the letter A, the children all had a lot of fun pretending that they had ants on their arm and so they would sing the song about ah, ah, ants on their arm, <laughs> causing them alarm. Uh, and so... It's awesome. <laughs> it's great to see that we've got these mnemonics in the background. So if we teach the letter A, they've got this picture card of um, an apple. So sometimes if they can't recognise A by itself, they'll see the picture card. Um, and then we'll do the action that goes with the sound and it really gives them a hook so that they learn those sounds more effectively. All right, so I'm a pre ker I walk into your class right on time, ready to go. What does my day look like? Um, so we start the day with a very warm welcome and then the children will walk in and be encouraged to independently put away their um, snack box and their uh, water bottle and hang their bag up and then what we are beginning to do is to allow them to come to a table and complete um, an independent activity, which could be name tracing or name writing or fine motor skill practice, so cutting or play-doh or small manipulatives. And then around 8.30 we start our morning meeting where we go through the calendar and we go through our daily schedule, which is a great visual timetable that they all really love to reference throughout the day. And then we also have some jobs for them. So we have a lights monitor and a caboose and a line leader um, and a door holder, which is one of their favourites, and a bell ringer. Um, and so we have lots of, lots of little jobs to teach them responsibility, which they really enjoy. And then in the mornings, we mainly focus on the academics of um, language arts and math. But then they also have lots of enrichment opportunities so whether that's social and emotional learning or kid fit, art, Spanish or music, which are all taught by specialist teachers. Um, and then we'll have lunch. And in the afternoons, we usually have further enrichment and recess. Um, and then we do lots of um, more creative things like the crafts and the science activities. So what advice would you give for pre-K parents specifically? Uh, the first thing I would say is that they've had a very busy day at school. Um, we really do push them academically and we really do um, tire them out. They've had such a full day. If you imagine that they're coming in at 8.30 and not going home till 2.30 or some of them from early care till after care, um, there's no need to pressure them any further at home. Obviously, it's great if you want to practice any skills, but really, if they're not in the mood, you don't need to do anything else. They've already had a very full day. Um, but the second thing I'd say is to promote their independence, um, giving them simple jobs to do around the house, whatever that might be that's relevant to you, but definitely things that are relevant to school, such as putting their shoes on, um, practicing their laces, doing up their zippers, pulling out their coat sleeves the right way um, so that they can get their coat back on but any little helpful jobs around the house and you can have your own reward chart so that they understand that you know there's positive benefits for them to do the jobs. Um, equally with their independence, just don't jump in. If they have a problem within their friendships or they just don't really want to try to do something or sort it out themselves, 
just give them the vocabulary and those useful phrases that they could use, um, such as if they're having trouble sharing a toy with a friend and they're getting quite cross and they just want to come to you straight away, try to tell them, have you tried saying, well, why don't we use a timer? You could have it for two minutes, I could have it for two minutes. Have you tried saying, stop it, I don't like it, or I had that first, please wait until I finish using it. We try to give them lots of simple phrases that they can use um, to become more independent. And lastly, just keep up a good routine at home and catch their good behaviour, praise the positives, um, and yeah, just have fun. So tell us about working at Yorkshire. Is it different than previous schools you've worked at? I think when I first walked into Yorkshire, what struck me the most was just the positive atmosphere that really was so evident to see by the children's happy and smiling faces and staff who were just really genuinely interested in the children. And there's a really supportive, almost family atmosphere about it that, you know, it's so special that we're such a small school. Um, but there are so many things going on all the time. It's a busy place with so many special events that happen. And in pre-K alone, we have so many different parties, <laughs> Halloween parties. We have Colonial Day, the Mother's Day party, and lots of opportunities for parents to come into our classes and for parents to get involved in those events. Um, and I, so I really feel that we go the extra mile to make those really special and memorable um, for the entire family. Um, and also just we're allowed to be creative, we're allowed to take learning at a pace that suits our class, we're allowed to follow the children's interests um, and people trust that what's happening in our classrooms is great and um, we all support each other to do the best job we can. So I remember our family's favourite pre-K books like Ferdinand the Bull and Caps for Sale and we loved all the Richard Scary books. So you must have some of your own favourite children's books. Uh, I do. So when I was young, I used to love the Jill Murphy books, like Peace at Last, um, which I used to find really funny, really interactive, all the sounds that happen in the book that you can get your child to mimic and repeat with you. Lots of repeated vocabulary and lots of chances to join in. Um, and I just love the bears. And then mm. I also love the Jolly Postman, just because of how interactive that is. Lots of little letters from traditional tale characters along the way and just that you can pull out bits of the book and yeah it just ties together lots of familiar characters that children might already know. I also love um, Julia Donaldson books like Room on the Broom which are just so popular in the Gruffalo and I think those are some of the children's favourites in my current class too as well as back in the UK. Um, and then in my class at the moment, they really love the book Super Pigs, um, which is a retake on the on the classic The Three Little Pigs. But these pigs are super pigs, and they have really <laughs> special powers to conquer any kind of uh, any kind of obstacle that comes their way. And they're they're catching all the bad guys, and they're having so much fun. So my children love the Super Pigs book. And their other favourite that I thought about was Maxie the Taxi, about um, a taxi that's kept in a shed who is sent out on his daily mission to pick up passengers but just gets a bit dirty, nobody wants to get in him, nobody wants to take a ride, but he meets his lovely friend uh, who's a lady taxi 
and he ends up going through a car wash, which is a very uh, exciting and nerve-wracking experience for him. And he comes back just feeling so empowered and just so, so much better. His days become so much better just by making that new friend. Well, I'm so going to totally... Taxi is great. Totally read that book. All right, so thanks again, Sarah, for doing this, and to Michelle Young for handling the technology aspect. And thanks to our listeners. Stay tuned for our next Yorkshire Insight podcast. For more information about Yorkshire, please visit www.yorkshireacademy.com. Thanks so much.